Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 83, a um, brand new episode of the Film Coterie, my friend. And we got three movies to review. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So what's been happening? Uh, we've survived Trick or Treat. It was one of the coldest ones I think we've had on record here in Ohio. With the yep. wind chill the other night, it was uh, 23 degrees. Yeah, it is just crazy, crazy cold. Um, but a lot of things are, even though it's cold and winter is fastly approaching, uh, I'm excited for the Film Coterie podcast because we are continuing to explore new ways of growth and new ideas and may have some announcements coming up, in, you know, maybe by the end of the year. Top men are working on it. Yes, sir. So uh, have you been uh, going to the movies, doing anything exciting? Yeah, it's award season, so we have screeners coming in like crazy. It's hard to even keep up with all of them between the mail, the emails, and uh, you're probably doing the same thing. Have you oh, just yeah. been blocking out like every night of the week for actual like theater screenings coming I up? Know. I know the next two weeks are pretty crazy for us. It's that time of year, my friend. It's great. You know, it's 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 the movie season. Movies are in full go here, so yep. there's there's always something going on for sure. And Roger and I are going to sit for The Irishman on Monday. Three hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. It's a sit. <laughs> Some endurance training. I'm telling you one thing. Three hours and th- that better that had better be one hell of a movie for three hours and allegedly it is. I mean, people are raving about it, and it's after a full day of work too. So, yeah, I might need some uh, extra caffeine, some Red Bull, or something to get you get you through the get you through the screening, huh? No, it should be fun. I'm, I, you know, this. You know, just speaking about the Irishman for just a second here, this has been like the the movie that has been in the can for like four years or something crazy, three years, and it was supposed to come out in 2017. It got bumped to 18, and now here it is the end of 19, yeah. and it's just now coming out. So I don't know. You think it's the special effects stuff they're there doing? There was a lot or? of post-production that was going to be done on it. Um, who knows how long it originally was before they cut it to three and a half hours. Man, uh, it's and it was funny when the first trailer came out for it. It was just a black screen and dialogue. Everyone's been waiting to see this movie, and the first trailer was just literally dialogue. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But uh, but I'm excited about our lineup. We've got uh, Doctor Sleep is going to be our our first film, and that's really excited to talk about it. Then we go to uh, Arnold. Arnold is back, and Linda Hamilton, and Linda Hamilton for Terminator Dark Fate. And then kind of a fun pick that we wanted to throw in here, uh, something that's playing on Netflix right now, a new release this year, and that's Dolomite Is My Name. The Return of Eddie Murphy. Yes. And so uh, anyway, you're listening to the film Coterie. I think we should just jump right in. Let's listen to a little bit of Dr. Sleep and then uh, get into the review here on the Film Coterie podcast. was a kid there was a place a dark place they closed it down and let it rot but the things that lived there they come back how many ride the bus this far north 
you're running away from something. I'm running away from myself, I guess. Hi. You can hear me. You're magic. Like me. I don't know about magic. I was called it The Shining. All right, the first movie we're going to talk about tonight is Doctor Sleep, the new film from Mike Flanagan, and it's based on the sequel novel to The Shining, written by Stephen King. And we got Ewan McGregor stepping into the shoes, I should say the grown-up shoes, of Danny. What is Danny like as an adult? He went through that traumatic experience at the Overlook Hotel. Where is he now? Yeah, and you know, this was a film that I have been up and down really mixed on it's like one preview I would watch, and I'd be like, yeah, this looks pretty good. Then I'd watch another one, and I was like, I don't know. But it's a film that you have to see. This is the this is a direct sequel to The Shining. Well, let's talk about our own baggage. So okay. for me, The Shining is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's a near-perfect film. I've tried to read the book. I couldn't get into it. So my experience with The Shining is literally just Kubrick's movie. Now, King was not a fan of that adaptation. And King wrote the book, Dr. Sleep, but it's my understanding, and and neither one of us have read the Dr. Sleep novel. No. But it's my understanding that this movie is sort of a sequel to both the novel and the film. Yeah. And so, you know, my history with this is, I think The Shining by far is my favorite horror film. I mean, horror is not my favorite genre, but as genre films go, this is absolutely my my favorite horror film. And so, man, how can you beat Jack Nicholson alone in a ho- in a hum- humongous hotel, going crazy as evil spirits are awry? I mean, just the whole setup and, and and the ability for him to go to those crazy places. How do you really even top this? I mean, like you said, this is a Kubrick gem. The music, the score is incredible. The the filming of it is incredible. Um, the way Kubrick, I guess, almost tortured the actors to get them into some of them never recovered, you know, so, so, you know, this film has a lot of baggage and legendary things around it to begin with. And then there's, I don't know how many people even know that there was a sequel. I mean, I guess if you're a huge Stephen King fan, you probably read it and yeah, no, it, it made waves when it came out, you know, but man, just the film buffs like us, you know, I didn't even know that it was. I'm sorry there. I thought we had a little technical difficulty for a second. But uh, f- film buffs like us, I didn't even know there was a direct book sequel or anything to it, you know. So so that's how I came to Dr. Sleep. So, And one thing I'll say for genre of the film, The Shining is definitely horror. You know, the focus is really on the dread. This one, Dr. Sleep sort of jumps genres a little bit, and I would classify it more as fantasy horror. Um, there's some different elements in it. I didn't think it was a, especially a scary film, and it's not trying to be. Right. But even the ghosts, as they come back in this film, aren't quite scary, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. This is more of a fantasy film, I think, because the story picks up with Danny having his gift, which he calls The Shining, and we see that there's these other people in the world that are quasi-vampires that feed on the gifted people, and they're they're coming for a little girl who's much like him, just discovering his powers when he was a boy. And he's going to protect her. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess we'll just jump right in here and I'll start sharing some of my thoughts. 
first of all, this is a long movie. I mean, this was like two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, 220, I think. Yeah, 220. And I have to say, even though it was a longer movie, you rarely see it anymore these days in Hollywood, a film that comes out where they just take their time and they world build. I really enjoyed that aspect of it, you know. I enjoyed that they took the time to explore some things. Now, could they maybe have trimmed 15 minutes off the film? Right, at the, There's a spot right at the beginning. I think they could have started the movie 15 minutes later, and you really wouldn't have lost anything world-building-wise. But still, just loved the opening, just the opening of learning this world, learning the people. What has happened to Danny in that time? What demons has he had to fight? That aren't literal demons, but maybe ones in his head. Both. <laughs> or both, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I don't know. What, what, but overall, really liked this film. I liked the journey we went on. There's a couple, as with all Stephen King films, he's not really afraid to go and show you some really horrible stuff, you know? Yeah. And so there's a couple scenes in the film that were really hard for me to watch and um, just hard to sit through. But the payoff at the end was really good as far as the resolution of the film. Yeah, so the villains in this piece actually have a lot of development, too. We get development for Ewan McGregor's um, Danny, um, the young girl, and then the villains, who they call themselves the True Knot. And Rose the Hat is the leader here. She does look like she may be part of a Fleetwood Mac cover band, but <laughs> yeah, she's really good in this film. Well, there's their char- I'm sorry, their character. They have real yes. character to them. And they're flawed, mm-hmm. and they're not super powerful in the sense of once you once one shows up, it's history. I mean, they they can be messed with, and so that that made it kind of cool for me. You know, I, I hate it where you have the scary bad guy or the scary bad person or the scary demon or whatever, and it's like they're this all encompassing presence, and when they show up, you just know the outcome from the this. No, you can. If you're smart and you have a little bit of your own gifting, your own shining, you can mess with them. And so I really liked that aspect of the film. And we see that there are different gifts. Um, some have more telekinetic powers. Some can uh, give you psychological suggestions. They call them pushers. You know, they can tell you what to do. Some people can get in each other's heads. So we see there's more to it than maybe just the psychic talking to each other in premonitions. Yeah. Danny grew up you know he survived he never ran into these people but they they go after children they do talk and that's where some of the horrific stuff comes in they too talk about the gift being pure in children it's not polluted or tainted as it happens to adults right because we see that danny does try to drown it out through alcohol and drugs yep and just living a rougher life he's trying to tune out his gift (coughs) and we we can kind of guess from these other vampires that a lot of other adults may do it and that may pollute their Essence or whatever these vampires are feeding off of to stay young. Now, I thought about this after, and I'm going to get your thoughts, Adam. The nature of this being so fantastical versus just straight horrific, I guess. I don't know how else to say this, but is it really a successor to The Shining? Because the the way the horror elements of The Shining, to me, feel a whole lot different than they do in this film— yeah. Yet we all know from the trailers we're going to end up back at the hotel. And so does that, after seeing Dr. Sleep, does it put a whole new light on what's going on in The Shining? I don't think it adds much to The Shining. Okay. I think it's more just an exploration of Danny's character. And what's cool about the film and what I actually actually like about it, 
this is not the film a studio would have made if they were going to make a sequel to The Shining. I can already picture that film in my head. It'd be a new family coming <laughs> in to stay. Yeah. Some evil corporation is reopening the Overlook. And then in the third act, Danny shows up to save everybody, right? That's the studio yes. Shining sequel. Yeah. Where it's just trying to go bigger and better. This one is just a different movie. It's the same character, same universe, but a, a different tale. Right. But overall, I really liked it. I think the performances are really solid. Um yeah, I, I mean, it's a thumbs up for me. It's a recommend if you like horror films. You know, I have a lot of a lot of friends, people listen to the podcast that don't really like the horror genre. So if you if you're not into horror films, don't go see this film. You know, but if you are, I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, and I would say it's not as scary as a lot of horror films. I don't let that scare you off if you're worried it's going to make you stay up at night. No, yeah. Um, but it's a solid film. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure what I was going to think of it going in. I do think it's definitely worth checking out The Shining before you go if you've not seen it. Yes. I think this film is better if you have the knowledge from seeing The Shining of the characters. Yep. And again, Rebecca Ferguson, who played Rose, the hat, and Ewan McGregor, who plays the adult version of Danny, I think give really solid performances here. Absolutely. All right, that's going to be two uh, thumbs up, two recommends, two go see from Adam and I. Um, Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go over Terminator Dark Fate. Why don't we listen in a little bit and see what Arnold's been up to? This is the Film Coterie Podcast. My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. changed the future, saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. I know you're scared, but I'm here to protect you. seen one like you before almost human i am human just enhanced why do you care what happens to her because i was her i can see you're very upset i'm going to help you protect the girl all right that was a little listen in on terminator dark fate And hopefully you're getting a sense that, like many other Terminator films, there's a certain formula they use. Yes. That maybe it's successful, maybe it's not, but there's going to be a lot of explosions, witty dialogue, a lot of explosions, plots that you have to really stretch your imagination to even believe. One-way time travel. One way. (laughs) Yes. You've seen these films before. Yes. so, So Terminator Dark Fate is the fourth attempt to reboot this franchise. Yes. Now, prior to this film, we've had uh, diminishing returns. Each attempt got worse and worse. Terminator 3 had some good moments. That the, the big truck chase was pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't a very solid film. Then it got worse with Terminator Salvation with Christian Bale. And then somehow it hit rock bottom with Terminator Genesis, which is by far the worst of any Terminator film. 
Right. So we've seen this decline. Yep. But now we have James Cameron coming back in with a story credit. We've seen a bigger budget, and now we have Terminator Dark Fate and the return of some characters with Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. And Tim Miller directing of Deadpool fame. So a lot of promise here. I just don't know if it fully delivered on that promise, Adam. I think we can agree. This is the third best Terminator film. Yes. I think we would both say that this is better than the other four, the other three films I just described. Yep. And the de-aging stuff is pretty impressive, at, at least in the first scene of this movie. Don't show up late to this film. It kicks off right away with yes. an impressive scene. Absolutely. And some of the best use of de-aging I've seen. But the CJ is not consistent throughout this film. No. There are parts where it looks like you're just watching a video game cutscene, and there's nothing real in frame whatsoever. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, as far as performances, well, yeah, okay, let's speak to the 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 uh, the special effects and stuff. At times, great, definitely big budgets, big explosions. Hundred and eighty million budget just for shooting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, huge explosions, chase scenes, highway scenes, driving buildings through, driving cars through building scenes. Yes. Planes. All planes that are you taking get everything. Off. Yeah, I mean, every, everything you could think of you're going to get in this Terminator film. The problem is, is Adam's correct, it's like it, they, they picked and choose when they were going to have really good effects and when they were going to see, can we fake it here? You know, can we make it make people think that we're on a plane and the army hangar with the thing opening up? But it's real obvious that by the screen, by the final process, that it's, it's done in a computer, yeah. you know. Uh, now, now the performances. I mean, Linda Hamilton, I thought was was good, was solid. Arnold is always funny, even if he's without spoiling anything. I think you and I would both agree this is the most unbelievable storyline <laughs> ever for a Terminator. Yes. If we told you, you wouldn't believe us. You wouldn't believe us. So that may be worth in itself going to see for that laugh. Um, and then you have you have Grace and uh, Danny and um, and and the new heroine of the film, you know. And so, um, th- their performances are maybe a little lacking, maybe not quite to the same level. Well, but... I really like Mackenzie Davis in this film. She plays Grace. She's the the new Terminator. Well, she's not a the Terminator. New, she's a cyborg. C- cyborg. Yes. When she says she's human in the trailer, she is she is human. She with upgrades. Right. The only and I think she did a fine performance. The problem I have with that is your real comic relief comes off them being not human, you know, the protector not being human. And so just having a super soldier female awesome kick butt is great and I'm glad we have that on the screen and stuff, but I don't know, it just lost a little bit of the edge initially for me. You know, it wasn't until Arnold shows up yeah, that you really felt like, okay, now we're in a Terminator film, for me at least, you know. Um, and and then, the threat that you'll see in the trailer yes. is a Rev-9. It's a new model yes. that is basically just a combination of what we've seen before. It's a liquid metal on top of an endoskeleton, and they can separate and be two different en- entities. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of that's cool stuff, cool technology, but even the, the liquid form it was kind of rough at times. The CG got a little rough with him, I thought, as well, too. And it, it just didn't blow your mind in the same way back when T2 came out. And he melted through the bars, and he came out of the helicopter. All the liquid metal stuff was really impressive well, back in and, the day. Yeah, and the problem, Adam, is we've seen Marvel films that have such incredible special effects, realistic 
I mean, you know, where they make bad guys that are completely CGI that you feel are real and right there, you know. And so the bar is so high now from so many yeah. viewings of some of these other movies that it just Terminator Ter- Terminator just didn't quite cut it for me. Yeah, uh, it starts out with a bang. I mean, it's go, go, go. It's yep. exciting. Yep. It hits a lull in the middle. It's pretty, it felt long where nothing was happening. Then it has a big, exciting finish that's all action. So, I mean, it's a Terminator film. You know what you're getting. I don't think there's any real surprises here. Um, we're recording this on Saturday night. So the box office returns are already in, and it's it's underperforming. Right. So I don't know that this is going to continue. This is setting up more films like they always have. I, I I just don't know what the future of Terminator holds after this. Yeah, me either. Um, you you kind of get the feeling that somewhere... Now, now, that's not to say I didn't enjoy the film and laugh at times and have fun with it. But, you know, I had this underlying feeling that somewhere in this movie was a good film that could have been made that would have been really good. I think there was a good idea here. I just don't think it fully, fully you know, manifested there. So... Anyway, so that's going to uh, I think wrap it up. I think we're kind of mixed. I think if, you know if you if you want to, if you're at the theater and you want to see something, you know. And hey, if you're on a list or any of those subscription yeah. programs, it's worth seeing on the big screen. Yep. Grab a popcorn and a soda and check it out. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. You know, it's worth that alone. I guess absolutely. Yeah. You're, so you're not going to get your mind blown away by this, but it's two hours of entertainment. Might be good to duck into a theater for a little bit and check it out. There you go. All right, we have one more film, and this is a little gem, a little nugget we found on um, Netflix, and it's Eddie Murphy returning to somewhat of his earlier days, some earlier form of Eddie Murphy, and it's Dolomite Is My Name. And so let's take a little listen in, what we can. I may have to bleep some stuff, but uh, just be warned, we may have to put explicit tag. We're breaking out the censor. Yeah, we're breaking out the censor. If you have small children in the car, this would be the time to pause the uh Pause the podcast while you drop them at school and then return the podcast afterwards. So let's listen in to a little bit of Dolomite Is My Name. This is the Film Cuttery Podcast. You've been up on stage, Lady Reed. I used to be a backup singer in New Orleans. I knew it. I told you. Uh-huh. Sure do. Singer, huh? I get so nervous I had to hang on to the mic from not falling over. <laughs> Butterflies all in my stomach. <laughs> You're funny. You should be doing stand-up. But what, what would I do? I'm not really no pimp. I ain't got no stable of whores. I just created a character. I do it all the time. I've been Prince Dumas. I've been the Harlem Hillbilly. And tonight, look at this here. <clears throat> just, just tug on Tug on this. Mm-hmm. Just to give a little tug. Just a little. Don't tug too hard. Don't take the motherfucker off. Oh, shit. Oh, that's a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's all pretend. You put on a cape and turn into a fucking superhero. Leave the real you behind. Go on stage. Magic, huh? <laughs> all right, we're back. And now it's time for the last movie of the evening, and that is Dolomite Is My Name, a movie that is now on Netflix starring Eddie Murphy as Rudy Ray Moore, a.k.a. Dolomite. And directed by Craig Brewer. Yep. And, and Adam, this is a fun film. Yes. I, I laughed the whole way through it. It, it has it has a real B plus quality at times to it because what they produced back in the early seventies, being an independent film on a tight budget with college students shooting it, it was kind of a B plus film, you know. But um, I laughed and enjoyed this film immensely. 
Yeah, so if you don't know the name Dolomite, um, it was a character created by Rudy Ray Moore in the black exploitation era that was truly independent. This didn't come from a studio. This came from just Rudy trying to make a movie that he thought the audiences wanted to see. Yeah. His you know, people, his his audience, yes. his community. Because there were studio-made black exploitation flicks. Yeah. But he had this idea that we could do this film independently and it'd be a big hit and it was and 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 there's great lines in this film like he says we're gonna have kung fu we're gonna have uh, chick we're gonna have women in this film we're gonna we're gonna have uh, you know he knew exactly because he's like my people love this film you know that, that kind of thing and the producers were so limited in their vision they're like yes rudy i know you have huge impact on the five blocks where you live right and he turns around and says, I don't care because my five blocks are in every city in America. And he was right. I'm a sucker for like movies about making a movie. And this is a lot of fun once it starts going because he, he bought this whole hotel that they could shoot in. It was his studio. And he had this just independent spirit. This was, screw you yeah. guys. I'm going to make this movie yeah. hell or high water. We're going to steal electricity. We're going to do what we need to do. Yep. We're going to hire interns from the local film school. Yeah. who know what they're doing and can shoot this. And one one of the things to be said about Rudy, the, the the main character, he he said, "I'm not going to go serve under the man. I'm going to produce it. I'm even with his records and stuff. He didn't cut any compromises. When they went to when they brought in the professionals, once his first record, comedy record, was a huge hit and made the Billboard Top 100. Once it was a hit, they tried to bring in people to tell him what to shoot for the follow up, and he's like, no." You know, I want her over here, and I'm going to stand here, and this is the way it's going to be. Because he knew what his audience wanted. Well, he was a genius at marketing because he knew his uh, comedy records, his albums, would be censored. Because the nudity on the cover, they'd be wrapped in black bags, and you shouldn't have this. And, you know, they'd be outlawed for the language. So he was just a marketing genius throughout. Oh, yeah. And this is the type of biopic that I really like because it's not his whole life. Right, exactly. This is really just focused on the end of his comedy era and the beginning of his film career. Yep, absolutely. And the, he, he would do little marketing genius things like he got some like little devil symbol or something and he would stamp the sleeves of the vinyl and they're like, why are you doing that? And he said, when they pull the sleeve out, I want him to think they're doing something forbidden. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? the marketing genius. Yeah, the marketing genius there. So The movie's of just a fun love, love letter to this guy, just a yeah. celebration of the independent spirit. Um, it is on Netflix, and let's talk about Eddie Murphy. He's back. Oh, it's been so a while back. since he's been the lead character in a film, and he's great in form. And it it will not happen, but I would love to see him get nominated for this performance because he's just comedy always just gets screwed at the Oscars. Let's just be honest. But he is great in this film. Very funny. You know, the quality is a little, you know, B plus. I call it a B plus film, but th there's just so much good performances in comedy. Just loved that side of it. It also has the baggage of being a Netflix film. Yes. It did play in theaters for two weeks, but then it was quick to Netflix where you can watch it right now. And we don't know that the Academy is viewing that on an equal playing field yet. Yep. Absolutely. That that could work against him as well. But some... Wesley Snipes is good in this too. Yes. He was kind of a surprise. I didn't know he was in it when I saw it at Fantastic Fest. Yep. Absolutely. So... So Dolomite is my name. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. I think you would enjoy it. Um, give it a listen. So Yeah, and I think when you watch this, like Roger was saying before we start recording, you're going to be tempted to go out and get Dolomite and his other films and just check them out. I think this will bring a new appreciation to his films. Absolutely. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up for our three films for tonight. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll preview what's, what's in our coming attractions. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. All right, and we're back, and this is our Coming Attractions segment. And, Adam, we've got some great films, some highly anticipated films, some exciting films coming up on the Film Coterie. Yeah, we're barely going to be home at night. But it's okay. My wife's going out of town for like five oh, days next week, so I, I'm free to just go every <laughs> night to the theater. Yep. So there's a lot on the horizon from the big blockbusters. we got Frozen 2 coming up soon and, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. But it's awards season. We got a ton of stuff coming out that we're going to be scrambling to catch here. We got, as we mentioned earlier, the Irishman coming up. Yep, Irishman. Um, yep. You're going to get a chance to see Knives Out. Oh, cannot wait. The new I'm, film from Ryan cannot Johnson. Cannot wait to go see Knives Out. One of my favorite films of the year. I did get a chance to catch it at Fantastic Fest, and now Roger will see it, so we will review it. Um, Midway. Let's talk about yes. Midway. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing Midway. I, I'm a World War II, a war. If it's a war movie of any about any genre, I just love those films. And, you know, it's got Michael Bay, so it's big explosions. No, it doesn't have Michael I mean, Bay. Not it, Michael Bay, but it has it has that Michael Bay feel to yes. it. Big explosions, you know. Um, but it's World War II. It's, you know, it's got, there'll be heroes in it. They'll be overcoming obstacles. America will be down for a bit. I mean, there's just everything, everything I want in a movie, so. And they're not screening it, but Roger and I will spend our own money to go see it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to spend my money to see it. So a lot of good films coming up. I'm Knives Out. I'm, I can't wait to go see that. It's a whodunit, an old-fashioned whodunit. I can't wait to go see that. So that looks really great, too. So I'm really excited for our next couple of podcasts. We're going to have some good films. And then, of course, like you said, the end of the month, Frozen 2. Yes. And and there's a strong possibility we may have some guests on the podcast to help review Frozen 2. <laughs> I'll say this. If you follow me on Fantastic Fest, uh, Parasite is now out in theaters and more markets. Definitely go check that out. That's one of my top films of the year. Oh, it's getting great. Yeah. I, I'm going to burn the movie pass on it, man, the yep. AMC Stubbs or whatever, because it is – everybody is raving about how good it is. Yeah, absolutely. Go in cold. Don't yep. even watch the trailer. Go check out Parasite. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Um, Adam, if somebody wants to connect with us, what's the best way to reach out and, and become part of the Film Coterie? Sure. Our handle is the same on all social media. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is just at Film Coterie. You can find us in all those spots. We love to hear what you're watching, what you think of our reviews. You can find us everywhere. Absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Film Coterie. Have a great week. Go to the movies, and we'll see you next time.